This podcast is brought to you in part by Shorewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Let us shoulder the burden for you. And check us out at Surewinder.com. Hey guys, before we get into the show, I need to let you know, not only do I own a garage door company, I also own and run a marketing agency. If you need help with your marketing, make sure you contact us at 404-445-3494 or check us out at garagedoormarketing.co. That's garagedoormarketing.co. What's up, Garage Door Nation? My name is Ryan. Welcome to another episode of Torsion Talk, the podcast that's dedicated to helping you grow your garage door business. Guys, you do not want to miss this episode. It is going to be amazing. You got to listen to the whole thing. Matt Weber with Alpha Overhead Doors out of Montana. He is doing incredible things. Lots of changes. Uh, You're talking about a guy with a teaching degree trying to grow a business to $40 million. He talks about some of the steps and uh, gets really nitty gritty. I think you're going to love it. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, good morning, Matt. How are you? Good, man. Good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really excited to have you on today uh, after a few conversations about you and Alpha Overhead Doors. I think you bring a lot of value and uh, I want to share some of the conversations that we've had together. As a matter of fact, I even cut one of our conversations off just so that we didn't get too right. far into it. So I was like, oh, this is so good. Like we got to do this on a podcast. Um, right off. But I love talking shop with you because I feel like you're a little bit ahead of where I'm at. And I feel like we're kind of share the same philosophies. And so I learned right, so right. much and I feed off your energy and I like it a lot. So I want to talk a little bit about Alpha Overhead Doors today. And uh, so tell us a little bit about Alpha, how long you guys been in business, how you got into it. Uh, well, it was family business um, and it came out of it came out of a construction supply company that my that my parents own, that my dad owns uh, here in Columbus, Montana. And uh, back in the 90s, the mid 90s, when the building market crashed, uh, we built pole barns. Uh, and installed our own doors into it. So we figured, you know, since, <laughs> since people aren't building right now, people aren't buying building products, uh, everybody still has garage doors that they need fixed. And so that's where, that's where uh, it came from. Started with RW Enterprises, Robert Weber uh, is my dad. So RW Enterprises, and then in 2006, uh, we incorporated into Alpha Overhead Door. Nice. And so how, tell me a little bit about your entry into it. Yeah. So the very first door I ever installed, I was 10 years old with my old man. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So I, and I can, I can take you to the exact spot. Uh, I can tell you the exact size it was. I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool kind of thinking back uh, on my history uh, in garage doors. So, um, so I worked with him a lot. I was homeschooled. Well, I got to do a bunch of work um, as a uh, as a homeschooled kid. Uh, I, I I learned a lot of good work ethic from my dad, uh, which is is something that I really appreciate uh, in today's world and seeing, um, you know, some of the problems that we have with with younger generations and work ethic. But so 
So that's one thing that I really appreciate. And, um, but there came a point where I left Montana. I was never coming back and I was never going to be in garage store. I was never, I was never going to install another garage store in my life, you know? So I went off to school and actually got a teaching degree, um, to, uh, to teach, uh, history. So back in, when I graduated in 2009, I couldn't find a job anywhere. Uh, teaching is kind of in that middle of that recession. Yeah. Um, so my dad was, my dad was struggling, um, or not struggling necessarily, but kind of a small mom and pop, um, doing things here and there and needed some help. So I decided to come home and, and that's history. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got back into it. Started at the tech level and, and, um, uh, worked my way up to, to now, uh, buying the, buying the company from them. So that's nice. So did the teaching degree help you in any way doing what you're doing now? At first I didn't think so. Uh, I thought I spent a bunch of money to get a, a teaching degree. Um, and I, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not teaching, which was an absolutely wrong mindset because what I, what I'm doing now um, and, and what we're doing with our employees and stuff like that, man, I, I totally get my teaching fix. Um, and, and the things that I've learned, uh, from that, uh, kind of carry over into, into helping people do what it is that we do. That's awesome. Yeah. I was curious if, uh, if you felt like that was a total waste or if you're using it, but it sounds like you, you definitely learned some things through school and, uh, and stirred that up and that you're applying now. Yeah. So one thing that you and I definitely have in common is a culture first mentality. I'd like to spend some time talking about your culture, our culture, things we have in common, the mindset, how you got to that point. How did you get to the point where culture was so important? And uh, share a little bit about that with me, because not every company understands culture. And I'm kind of curious about the like how business owners or managers get to the point where culture is important, even more so than talent. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I will start off by saying, uh, this statement is you have a culture True. regardless. Um, it's just whatever side you feed, you have a good culture, you have a bad culture there's, there's no in between you, a company will have a call. If you have employees, you have a culture and it's, it's, it's up to you then to develop, um, what it is, uh, that, that in your people, I guess, if if I can say that. Um, so, okay. So yeah. Um, about three to four years ago, um, I kind of, uh, I was doing, we had, we had grown exponentially, uh, out here, we've got, uh, the Bakken, uh, which is the big oil boom, uh, area, which provided a lot of business. And so we, we just blew up. We went from a $750,000 company, uh, you know, kind of a little mom and pop shop, just doing stuff around, around our local area. And then when that came in, we doubled the first year. Uh, we doubled again the second year. And so we had some exponential growth. Well, with that kind of growth 
comes all sorts of problems if you don't have systems in place to handle it. And cash flow. So, well, not only cash flow, but culturally too. Yeah. Um, I mean, at that point in time, you know, our guys were working 60 to 80 hours a week. Wow. Uh, and I mean, when you're doing that type of work in this industry, you get tired, man. Yeah. I mean, it's wears on you. It's, it's not, you know, it's not something I, I hear. I hear from customers I see online, you know, and on Facebook posts and, you know, classified, uh, how hard can doing garage doors be? And, you know, people just don't understand when you're doing it day in and day out, what it can do to your body. So right. I've had three shoulder surgeries due to doing garage doors. So, um, I'm going to give a little plug. It, now, had you been using Surewinder for all those years, you may not have had those surgeries. They're a sponsor <laughs> of mine, so I feel obligated to give a little shout out right no. there. Yep, no, that's good, man. That's good. We've uh, we've actually, um, oh man, probably six years ago, uh, we well, no, it'd be a little bit longer. Anyway, six to eight years ago, we we invested uh, in 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 the their competitions. Okay. Um, uh, winding tools. So, uh, more specifically on the, like on the commercials, man, I did, uh, I do. And we still use it. Um, there, it, it's a good product, uh, and we haven't had any problems with it. So, good. you know, I'm not, not that I'm plugging them cause I understand, no, I get it. you know, no, you're fine. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm open for them. My guys know I'm going to support them. Uh, but I'm open for them. I like to have the conversation, you know, I don't want to run away from right, it. Right. Um, you know, I think there's multiple products out there and some are better than others and some work differently than others. And, uh, I right. totally get it. I don't even know if Sherwinder was around six, seven years I know. ago. I, think they, I don't, I don't believe they were. I think this was the only tool on the market yeah. at that point in time. So I don't uh, hate for you for that. that, man. That's all good. <laughs> so, so no, that's, that's a good plug. So, um, <laughs> but getting, uh, getting back to that, uh, my dad had some health problems, uh, some health issues that kind of forced him to take some time, uh, some time off. Um, uh, my mom then also had some, some health, health problems. Uh, they're both doing well now, but they had some, some stuff go on that they needed to kind of pull out, uh, and pull back on the amount of stuff that they were doing. So I stepped into a large role, uh, not knowing what it was really that I was doing. Uh, I had been a technician my whole life. That's what I'm good at. That's what I enjoy doing. But I didn't. I didn't necessarily understand the business aspect of things uh, as much as I needed to. And so I started this uh, at one point in time uh, four years ago. We had a hundred percent turnover um, in technicians, um, and which really kind of really hit me and kind of set me back on my heels of how, you know, what do we got to do? Look at, you know, looking here at myself, because that's where it starts. Culture starts at the top. Right. And so I, I looked at myself and said, you know, where, what am I not doing to, to, to be able to keep these people around? And so I decided, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the general manager. I'm the commercial project coordinator, estimator. I'm also a technician who's out in the field part-time. 
And so uh, I hired this really dynamic sales gal uh, who came in. She was, she was with us for three months and did $400,000 worth of sales in three months. And I was like, holy crap, sweet. What, you know, I've got, I've got a ringer here. And she, from, uh, from her previous uh, work experience, she got an incredible offer that I couldn't, I, I mean, I couldn't blame her for taking. Uh, she got an incredible offer to open up her own shop uh, in, in hot tubs. Um, and so she left and I'm like, man, how do I replace her? How, how do I replace her? Well, who do I got to bring in? And then I sat back and I was like, man, I don't like where I'm at as a company. I don't like my job currently because I, frankly, my wife sees me like four hours a day. Uh, I don't get home till seven o'clock at night. I'm in the office at five o'clock in the morning. Um, we got the same and hours. So, man, and so I decided at that point in time, I needed to replace myself. And so that's when I went on the search for um, uh, somebody to replace me, a general manager, somebody to come in and, and run operations. And how did you find, what, what, where did you start? So you have the idea you want a general manager, which is a huge idea to begin with. I mean, you, how long ago did you take over the business? So I'm, I'm still in the process. In fact, um, we are just in fact here within the next couple of weeks, we will be finalizing, uh, the buyout, the operational agreement and, and Dang, stuff bro, like you that. Blown it up. Or, now you got to pay like five times more than you should have if you would have bought it earlier. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> parents held so, on. That was a good move. But from the time <laughs> that your parents kind of like, you know, they got sick and did they step aside and you kind of started running the operations, right? So yeah, I've I've pretty ha- I've pretty much had operational control of the company for the last three and a half to four years. Okay, so from the time when did you hire your general manager? Two years ago. Okay, so you were in this thing for two years before you started thinking about hiring a general manager. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What What was and your was, where Where did you go? Do you place an ad in the freaking newspaper or like? Uh, are you, did you already have somebody in mind? Tell, tell me, help me understand how an owner of a garage door company goes about finding a general manager. So it's, it's kind of a crazy story. Um, I didn't, I didn't post anywhere, uh, for a general manager. I started talking to people that I knew, um, that were well connected within the community. And I got a few recommendations and started interviewing, um, started interviewing for the position. I got about three months in with one, uh, the first candidate we were talking to and it just didn't work out. And I was like, son of a gun, man, I, I'm, I'm struggling here. What's going to happen. And then I got a recommendation from, uh, from another, uh, he's, he's, he's a good buddy of mine. Uh, in fact, I sit with him every Wednesday. We go out for coffee and talk shop, uh, talk business. But anyway, he suggested this guy and he goes, man, he doesn't have any experience in general managership and you're going to laugh at me, but for the last seven years, he's been a pastor. 
And so, and like a like, Christian church. Yeah, yeah. It's, like a, like uh, a head a, pastor or like a youth pastor? What? A head, uh, the head pastor of the church. Oh wow. Yeah, and so he was at a point where he wanted to kind of transition out of out of that. Uh, he came from the uh, he came from the. That's uh, a big jump. Uh, man. Yeah. Well, he came from the uh, the the. Um, the nonprofit sector. That's what he did before he moved out here to Montana. Okay. He's from Philly, spent some time in, I believe it was North Carolina um, or South Carolina. One of the two. I can't, I can't remember exactly which one, but, um, but yeah, he was born and raised in Philly. And now he, he moved out here uh, 11 That's years ago. 10, 11 uh, born and raised on the playground. No, right? sorry. I had right, to do right? Yeah, Adrian looked at me and was like cueing me, so I felt it in me already. So go ahead. Got to throw it. In. Yeah. Um, so I started the process with a man, and and what I what I found is what he lacked in in experience in the industry, what he lacked in experience of maybe um, um, you know leading not leading people. I mean, he was a pastor, so he led a church. But which is hard well, enough. Right. I, I know. I, there's no way in heck I'd want to do it. Yeah. I um, but what I found is, is the lack of experience in those avenues. He was way better with people than I was as far as, as far as really digging into core roots, core systems. Um, I had ideas of where we, where we should be, where we needed to be, but as busy as I was, it was hard for me to work on the business cause I was working in it right? like all the time. And so we went through about a three month process of, of interview and, and kind of going back and forth, came to an agreement and, and he came on board, man. And from the get go, I, 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 I was extremely blessed and I feel, I feel that, um, that that first candidate that didn't work out, um, was, uh, it was a godsend that it didn't, that it didn't work out. Uh, cause Jonathan, Jonathan is somebody that outside of Alpha, he's a good friend of mine. Um, and he's also, uh, somebody that I feel that I'll be connected with in business forever. Uh, you know, for, for a very long time. So him and I, him and I just click, he's good at the things, you know, I, you joke about it. It's almost like a marriage. He's good at the things that I'm not and vice versa. Yeah. And so from that point, the culture, uh, we talked to, I talked to him about my goal of being a, a, a preferred employer. Um, that's something, you know, as, as a company that we wanted, that was actually my mom's, uh, big dream was to be a, the area's preferred employer. Well, how do you do that? And so we, we sat down and started brainstorming. And, um, from, from that came a whole bunch of stuff. And I will have to plug that I do, uh, I have a business coach. Um, and he has helped me out with a lot of those decisions. So he sat in those interviews with me. So I have, I had a business he have? Uh, he is a, uh, now when I say business coach, it's more on the personal and system side. Yeah. Uh, because he is, uh, his background, I mean, he's owned restaurants. Um, in fact, I just had him, uh, on my podcast here last week. 
come in and talk about some stuff uh, business-wise. Um, and so he, he, is, he has developed, he has helped me develop systems. Um, and through that, through, through developing systems, when people know that they're, for one, that they're cared about, Two, that they have clear and accurate, uh, clear and accurate communication as to their job responsibilities, their job duties. That creates a culture. Right. Um, when when you don't have clear expectations, when you don't have clear work agreements, when you don't have um, all that stuff, it creates and breeds. The employee doesn't know what it is that they're supposed to do the owner or manager feels that they've trained them well enough. And so there's a disconnect if there's no communication. Well, also too, something we've experienced, I'm sure you experienced it with, when you're having growth, I mean, you, you've grown faster than us, but when you're experiencing growth, the processes that you started with when you were at 700 aren't applicable at 1.5 or 2 million. So you're constantly evolving the process and you're having to train and make sure everyone's on the same page with the changes in the processes. So they scale. Uh, that's something that we've definitely had some growing pains on here. Absolutely. And, and, uh, amongst our, our manager, uh, our, our manager core, our C-suite, if you, if you, if you want to put it that way, um, I have, we have a saying with them of the, the systems and the people that we have that have gotten us to this point are not going to get us where we want to go. So you either have to, one, you're going to change your systems, and two, you either have to change your people or change your people. And, and by, by that, it's you grow, you coach, you bring them along with you. And if they're not on board with that, then you got to change them out with somebody else. Right. And unfortunately, you know? like the people that helped you get where you're at, in a lot of cases, aren't the people that's going to help you get where you're going because they're un, they're unwilling to change. Exactly. And those that are, those that are unwilling, culture is, is very important. We, uh, we developed when Jonathan came on. We developed, uh, we developed seven laws for Alpha Overhead Door. Yeah, I love these. Operate. Go ahead and walk me through those and walk our audience through. Because uh, when you told me these, I, I haven't done this yet, but it's definitely something I'm I'm gonna chat about uh, with my team. Go right ahead. on. Yeah. So when we first got into it, um, you know we. My our, our my business coach is actually who told Jonathan, uh, and it, it, Jonathan actually is the one that came up with him. Um, that was part of his first ninety days, and part of the cultural shift because that's that's one thing that was important to me in talking with my business coach, who then would coach him individually. Um, and so this was part of his homework within his first 90 days to come up with these. So, yeah. So the seven laws that govern alpha overhead door and they're nothing, they're nothing profound. I mean, this is basic, this is basic humanity, 
so yeah, these are the seven laws that uh, the Alpha Overhead Door operates by. And there's, you know, again, there's nothing profound about them. Um, the first one being be honest, even when it hurts. Second one, be calm, never over, never overreact. Be reliable, honor your commitments. Be humble, do not seek the limelight. Be courageous, do not let fear lead. Be mindful, details are very important. And the last one, uh, which is which is probably the second most important one on the list is be teachable, always be a student, and so that that is the baseline. I mean, those those are when people come in and apply to us, they see these, and the first question that they're asked is, "Are you honest?" Well, everybody can lie to you and say, "Yeah, you're honest," <laughs> right? But it sets a level of expectation from that point, from that point forward in that first conversation is it sets the precedent of what we expect. And so the, those, those seven laws are all star hireables and fireables. You know, you can tie all seven of those back to, um, to, to performance, uh, to what it is that, that you demand of them at a, at a certain point in time. Somer is a European-based garage door opener manufacturer who has recently opened Somer USA out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Serving more than 90 countries worldwide, with our 40 years of experience, Somer produces one of the highest quality openers on the market. Combining German engineering and manufacturing, Somer uses direct drive technology to make their openers and opener accessories durable, long-lasting, quiet, and with the maximum lifting force. Further, Somer has earned both IDA and DASMA certifications by maintaining the quality and innovation standards set in place by national and international garage door associations. Maintaining these standards has allowed Somer to create the most versatile operator on the market, featuring unique optimization and diagnostic tools to make their operator perfect for every job and every customer. For more information on Somer operators, visit somer USA.com. That's S O M M E R USA.com or contact their Charlotte office at 877 766 6607. To touch on a few things that you've talked about, we're going through similar things. Uh, I told you that I hired a general manager recently. Uh, yeah. Actually, just started Monday. I'm going to have him. Yeah. Uh, well, this is actually going to be aired after, but I'm having him on the show Tuesday. Uh, where we're going to be doing our, our, we're trying out and testing this live, uh, off the track episode every other week. And it's going to be very interesting. Hopefully I don't say anything stupid. Um, (laughs) so we, um, when hiring the general manager, I wanted someone who had a lot more expertise in areas that I didn't have, um, primarily commercial, um, and, I recruited this guy for almost a year. I mean, started out me just reaching out to him, introducing myself. Hey, I heard a lot of great things about you. Um, would love the opportunity to meet you sometime. And, you know, he was open to just hanging out and talking shop because that's his personality. He loves to do that. And uh, first time, second time, third time. I just start falling in love with this guy and I'm like, man, really cool. You know, like I like him and, uh, and I could see myself, uh, you know, working with him. 
So I offered him a position with our company and uh, he turned me down. And I was like, man, that sucks. Cause I really <laughs> felt like we were like hitting a groove there. Like I could really use them. And then, uh, and then I was like, okay, so more time goes by and, and, uh, and I'm still keeping in touch with him. He's keeping in touch with me. We're still chatting and I found his hot button. And so, um, I used that hot button and offered him a different position, general manager. Uh, and he, uh, he had to take some time to think about it, but, uh, once he made his decision, he was all in and he's, I mean, he's only been here for, uh, less than a week, but, uh, the change already is great. And, you know, I think anytime that you're a leader, you got to look at yourself and, and kind of point the finger at yourself first, if you have failures with your staff and oh, 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm fully responsible for a lot of the failures that we've gone through the lack of growth. And, uh, I know my weaknesses, my weaknesses is, uh, I'm, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've got a marketing company. Well, I'm focused on that and I'm not putting a hundred percent effort into Aaron overhead doors, but I expect my staff to put a hundred percent effort into Aaron overhead doors, but they don't have a manager a hundred percent. So right. bringing in a general manager who can hold them accountable and train and spend time with them and give them what they need, I think was critical. Um, at the same time, it's like, well, that's my baby. Like I started that thing from scratch, uh, right. one man show and here we are. And so it's very difficult. Uh, part of me is like, doesn't want to let go. Part of me is like super relieved. Uh, so I've got, I'm dealing with a lot of different emotions. Um, and for the first time in a while, I think it was yesterday, uh, or the, uh, the, was it Wednesday? I was driving down the road and I was like, man, I don't have anything to do for the rest of the day. And I was like, what the heck? This is crazy. And it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. So uh, I was like, I'm going to book a massage for tomorrow. And uh, that's when you and I talk. And it was funny that you had just gotten done with a massage and I had a massage earlier. And uh, I, I'm, uh, I love massages because I hold a lot of stress in my shoulders and uh, my yep. chest and middle back. Uh, and I'm sitting a lot now. So my lower back and uh, you know, I just, uh, I just thought it was cool that I had free time. And uh, you know, for me, culture first, uh, I have an, I tell people I've got an employee first mentality, but at the same time, uh, I feel like I'm, I go out of my way to not inconvenience people as much as possible. And I value family time so much that I'm willing to sacrifice my own family time. So my employees don't, and, um, that can be unhealthy in a couple ways. It's, extreme, it's extremely unhealthy for yeah. sure. And so I, I have always tried to bail my guys out every chance I get, um, and it's just, uh, it's a, it's a bad thing. Um, in some aspects, I feel like my heart is right, but I feel like it's a, it's a bad habit. And I, um, and I think I I'm counterproductive to the culture that I'm trying to create by doing that. Um, but you know, my guys get home, they spend tons of time with their family and I try my best to protect that. Uh, but at the same right. time, there's gotta be balance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And if I could speak a little bit to that, um, the, the, the count, uh, the culture of accountability 
uh, is important. And when you, when you have something fail within your company, when you have to bail out, uh, somebody, whether it's out in the field or, or a salesman or, you know, somebody in your office, it's, a, it's in most cases, the lack of a system or if the system is in place and it's not being followed. So what, what I found is in setting up these in, and systems can mean so many different things. Uh, systems are just ways of handling your everyday job duties um, in regards to every aspect of your company. And so when you have a, when you have a breakdown in your systems, what is your, what is your accountability measures? How do you, how do you talk to that employee? How do you, um, how do you bring them along to understand, Hey, we have agreed that this is what it is that you're supposed to be doing. And if you don't do it, we're going to have a conversation about it. Right. I'm going to coach you. Is it something that one, you don't feel trained well enough in? Is it, is it, you don't have the proper, uh, you don't have the proper materials or the proper, um, um, stuff to, to, to make you, to, for you to fulfill that obligation, uh, in your agreement. And so, the, the, the culture of accountability is, is big and everybody, everybody that works for, for Alpha Overhead Door, they have, so there's three different, there's three different areas in which when they come on, they, they agree to things. So the first thing that they see is a job description and that's the overall view of what it is that they're supposed to be doing. The I think next that's so thing, underrated. We're actually redoing everyone's job descriptions this week so that everybody knows exactly what they're responsible for. Right. And so then you can't stop there though. There's uh, the missing piece that, 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 that I found here that we found here is then their position agreement. So there's their job description. Then they have a position, uh, a position agreement. And what that is, is that is a breakdown of that first document. So that's the breakdown of the job description. That This is where then they are allowed to negotiate what it is that they do. If they don't feel that that should be in, they can express. Now, obviously we have the, we have, we have the authority to say, well, no, you know, that is what it is that you're going to be doing. But they have an agreement. And at the end of that, when it's agreed upon, it is signed by both parties, by, by a representative of Alpha Overhead Door and then the, the employee themselves. So not only have they seen the job description, but now they have actual physical duties that they have agreed to do. That is their job. And then the next part of that, uh, the third, the third uh, part of that whole deal is the compensation agreement. This is then where we lay out. So most everybody here, and we're, we're working on the technician side of things, but most everybody that's new that has come in has, has those first two done. Their compensation agreement then has a two-year plan of where they can be 
based on stuff that they accomplish, whether that's certifications, whether that's maintaining uh, a certain uh, profitability on their projects, maintaining a certain profitability on their projects while training somebody. So it is, it is all, it's all laid out for them so that there's no ambiguity. Ambiguity is the killer of anything that you're, is the killer of culture. I'm, that is, I, I will not back down from that. If something isn't set down in stone, it will kill your culture. And so it's really important to have those things in place that, that they agree to. Because once they agree to it and they have input into it, it becomes theirs. Right. I'm not dictating to them what it is that they have to do. Right. We are not dictating to them. They have agreed to do it. And, and we're so trying to hire grown ass men, right? So I mean, like, <laughs> we shouldn't have right. to babysit. Now you know your expectations. If you need to review it, there's the paperwork. Like, read it every quarter, whatever you need to do. But we're all professionals. Yep. Handle your yep. business. Do your part. It's like a football team. You know, if the linemen don't block, the quarterback's going to get hurt. Then the team loses. So yep. I mean, you you have to. I mean, I, I feel like. Uh, I feel like we all need to step our game up. I mean, I know here sometimes like there's some complacency and that frustrates me more than anything. And I just get to the point where like I'm, I'm constantly learning, constantly reading, trying to get better. And you know, if you've got people around you that are complacent and you you signing books to them and checking, I didn't really read that one. Um, You know, that's frustrating. Like I get irritated. when you have when you have when you have a strong culture that your employees are bought into, those type of people don't last very long. Right. Because then they're not trying to live up to your standards. Your employees are protecting your culture. Yeah, we're not there yet. We got a lot well, of work to do. It, man, it took it took me uh, it, it took me forever to get there. And again, I don't know everything. And we have our own struggles and there's, you know, there's stuff every day that we've got to deal with. I mean, it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm not here saying I know everything because I am learning right along with the best of everybody. Yeah. Um, this is just, this is just the way that, that I've done it. Uh, and we found some success in it and you know, things change and then we'll adapt and overcome when they do. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing now. So you've hired a general manager. I assume he's gone through some sort of training, like with garage doors, because he didn't have that strength. Uh, no, no, actually, like nope. screw that. I That's what the guys I are for. That's what the technicians are for. Exactly. Uh, and he, he, I, I didn't hire him to come in to need to. Know. I, I hired him because I know the garage doors. I know the industry. I've, I've been in it. Uh, I've seen a lot. I mean, you can learn stuff in the industry every day. Correct. Uh, so those, you know, those, there's guys out there that are like, man, I don't need to learn it. No, I learn new stuff in the door industry every day. And I've been doing it since I was 10. And so, you know, it's one thing, it's one thing for that, but I did not hire him to come on to know garage doors and learn garage doors. In fact, if he never installs a garage door in his life, 
it doesn't matter to me. Now he's been on a project and, and seen how guys do it and stuff like that to learn their processes, uh, to see if there's any efficiencies that we can find. But I hired him to manage people. That's good. And so that is, what does your is, day look like now? Okay. So my day, my, it's, it's funny. You were talking about everybody, everybody needs to step up. Um, 2019 uh, was a big year for us, and uh, sounds like we, every year is a big year for you, bro. Well, man, not every year. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, 2019 was uh, was a huge struggle. Um, was a huge win. Yeah, did we do did we do more in gross top line than we ever have? Yes, we have. But man, when it came down to it, there was there was a lot of learning in 2019 that I wish I would have known. And I didn't see coming. Um, that really, that really, it didn't knock us down, but it made us, it made us focus on some things that we weren't ready to focus on yet. And so, um, but that's what's the number one takeaway that you got out of last year. Uh, trust your people. Trust your people uh, was the biggest was the biggest takeaway because if they're bought in with you and you provide and cast uh, a, a vision that is strong and they can they have the ability to speak into that vision as well, man, watch out. So um, you're now running the company from like a CEO. I mean, I'm not big on titles. I don't. I probably feel like you're yeah. probably not either, but. For the audience, I mean, you're you're kind of stepped into more of like a CEO role, right? Like making big decisions, uh, finding opportunities and things like that. Yeah. So that is my current role. My role is um, is growth and risk management. That would be Uh, good luck balancing those two. If you're effective at it, you're going to you're going to be a home run. But it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's with growth comes risk, right? And, and oh, absolutely. without risk, you have no growth, but uh, I think you said it right. Growth, uh, risk management, uh, to the best of your ability is, is, uh, is definitely, if you have that skill set, that's, that's huge. Right. Uh, but enough yeah, planning so that, and research. That's my, that is my, that is my daily job. So what does that look like? Uh, that looks like me digging, uh, through my books. So we use, we use QuickBooks. Uh, there's a whole lot of accounting software out there, but we've been using it and it's, and it's worked well for us. So last year I put myself through QuickBooks school. Uh, let's just say, say that by my, you know, just digging in, finding out because I want, I want to know where my company sits at any given point in time. I want to know, we track eight different profit lines. I want to know what, each one is doing bottom line net profitability on a weekly basis if I want to. And so I really dug into it. And I think that's where, I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs miss the boat is understanding their financials uh, and really understanding it because especially in our industry, most companies, I'm not going to say all, but most companies are small businesses in our industry. 
And I mean, most yeah, are you, run by technicians and installers who yep. haven't dug into that stuff yep. yet. And so, right, yet. But it's extremely important because if you don't know what your numbers are doing, you're flying blind. You can't tell your money what you want. You, you can't tell your money what to do. Your money is telling you what to do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and if you're doing our, like 20, 30 grand a month, maybe even 50 grand a month, it's kind of easy to keep up with sort of for me in my head. But when you get into doing 7,500, 150, 200 grand, uh, there's no way. So like yeah. having good reporting and being able to dig into all the different numbers and track cost and uh, return on investment for different marketing strategies, like that's yep. critical. In my opinion, it is critical, especially if you're scaling. One of the hottest topics with garage door companies in 2020 is what's the best dispatch software. I run my business with service Titan. I wouldn't have it any other way. Service Titan is the premium software that allows you to run every aspect of your business quickly and smoothly. It's not just a dispatch software. I use them for credit card processing, marketing automation, business intelligence, follow-up, and even maintenance agreements. My staff likes it because they can build quotes quickly and easily, and the price is already there. I like it because I get a ton of five-star reviews from customers who love the automated communication. We've seen a huge increase in our revenue per job by offering set pricing and multiple quotes. If you're interested in scheduling a demo with Service Titan, go to servicetitan.com forward slash torsion talk or call 888-809-7457 turn on investment for different marketing strategies like that's yep. critical in my opinion. It is critical, especially if you're scaling. If you're scaling for growth and you, you have to know if you're, if you're okay, like my, my folks, they ran the same for a very long time and it wasn't, it wasn't good or bad. I mean, it, it you know, they, it worked for them. So they ran the same way uh, for a very long time and they, they, they the same, you know, profitability wise, typically, uh, top line, uh, was typically the same. Uh, but for me, um, I'm, I have that, I have that, uh, this ain't good enough for me. I want to do something else. You know, right. I want to be bigger. I want to be better. I want to be the best, frankly. Uh, I mean, who doesn't want to be the best in their market? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, and, and that all comes down to it when you're when you're sitting at the head of it. Because I look at it this way: if I'm driving, and I've got 22 employees in my in in my van, let's just say I've got a big van, I've got all 22 employees in my van, and behind that, I've got I've got more vans full of their family. How many people do I have to take care of? as the owner, as the leader of this company, I don't just employ and, and provide for my 22 employees. Right. I provide for who it is that they touch on a daily basis. I have to provide for their family. And so it's extremely important to know where you're at. And when your employees know that, that that is a concern for you, they're, they, they get on board even more. Yeah. They're um, we, we just had, I mean, January, I'll, I'll just throw this out here, out there. January was, it felt like a slow month for us. Uh, we did 18% more than we did the year before, but we also had another seven technicians on the book. So it felt slower. 
and it was slower. Um, our full time in our handbook, our full time is 32 hours. So as long as you're pulling 32 hours a week, you are a full time employee at Alpha Overhead Door. Uh, and we did that so that people could partake in our in our benefits um, that that we offer um, to be able to do that, even in our slow times. And so, you know, we didn't have we didn't have enough work for everybody. Uh, and I I'm, and I don't mind saying this because January February are typically our slow times. Right. Um, we are now. With that being said, we are working on a plan to make ourselves a recession-proof company. Uh, that is that is some homework I've given my my management. Is how do we make our, how do we in the middle of a recession how do we not participate? What can we do to set ourselves apart so that we can continue to grow even in a time of, uh, of a recession? So, so I know it's not popular. I know it's not popular. I started this process, the recession proof thing three years ago, because the biggest, yeah. my biggest fear of getting into home services, cause this isn't what I was, you know, I'm not from home services. I'm not from garage door industry, uh, was, it seems very unstable. Um, yeah. you know, and so for me, anything with building construction, stuff like that. So I didn't really want to get into construction. So we do a lot. We 98% of everything we do is retrofit. And, um, uh, was it a couple years ago? I started doing research on the, uh, the, the past, uh, recession that we just went through, especially in the late, um, 2008, 2010, 2011 range. Um, and I was wanting to see, what are some trends that I could find and maybe possibly apply those to my business? Yep. You know what I found? The number one takeaway. What's that? Auto parts stores thrived. I can imagine. And everybody's to do it themselves. It's the day YouTube has changed everything. So people can now feel comfortable doing it themselves. And yep. so I created a business and, um, it was uh, August, 2000, 18, I launched a parts store and yeah, we started selling parts and, um, and that business now, uh, grosses. I mean, I think last month we did almost 10 grand. Uh, wow. okay. and we are looking at getting into shipping. Um, we're, we're selling doors and parts, uh, to people nationwide. And, uh, it's crazy, man. Like, uh, I think, we're, yeah. I think the, the limit, the limitation geographically uh, for being a home service business, it, it definitely uh, puts you at a disadvantage. I'm used to selling things and doing things where I'm on a national or international scale. So naturally right. my background's like, okay, well, how do I get this to, you know, not be landlocked? And, you know, for me, that was sell doors and parts online and ship it to people. Um, for sure. So that's what we're doing. Um and I, I don't know if that's a similar path that you guys are thinking, but uh, I'd love to hear some thought on that either now or later. And we're uh, trying to get a little bit down uh, the path here because we're we're getting close to the time frame I'm trying to stay at. But uh, right, oh man, guys, I, I got to look at a, I got to look at the time on my phone. I'm going goes fast, man, goes fast. Yeah. So yeah. Are you guys are selling parts. Uh, we do to walk-in customers. Um. But other than that, that hasn't been something that we, you know, that we, that we really, um, 
that we really do a whole bunch of. Uh, I will for uh, 2019, I mean, total for doors and everything like that, we did, it was 1.3 of my total gross, 1.3% of my total gross. And so it wasn't a large number. Yeah. I'm trying to crank it up, man. I want, I want, I want a hundred, 200 grand a month of door and part sales. Yeah. Yeah. Minimum every month. Yeah. All right. So new door sales, speaking of which you and I had some yeah. conversation yesterday um, I'm in a position where I'm kind of, we've all, we, we've had, we've set it up differently. Uh, I, when I started the business, uh, my cousin who worked with me, I got him a job at the software company I was at. Uh, I don't want to say this out loud in case he listens, but he, he really is a genius. Um, good Lord. I'll never live that down. But <laughs> you don't want to give too much credit. Yeah, he's super smart. Um, super <laughs> stubborn as well, but he did a really good job for me in a time where I needed it. And, um, yeah. Uh, our old CEO, we had gotten acquired and he stayed for a while and then left and went to another company. And he called me and was like, Hey, uh, can I interview John for this role? I've got open. And I was like, yeah, go ahead. So John left and went to a company that eventually ended up getting bought out, uh, by Carvana. And so, um, he's working for Carvana now, but, um, after that, I was like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to just have tech sell doors. Um, and then I'll sell doors too. And so I ran around, sold new doors and we had technicians helping me out with that when, when I was too busy or couldn't get to it. And now I feel like we're at the point where we got to really start taking this serious and yeah, probably past that point. But, um, it's really slapped me in the face recently. Uh, we started taking a look at like closing ratios, um, missed opportunities and things like that. And it's definitely dropped over time. I think part of that has to do with we're trying to hold and maintain uh, the integrity of our pricing uh, where right. we're selling at decent margins. And uh, I know of probably two companies that if they know we're involved, they drop their pants and I guess profit's not important They're It's more ego driven. And so, right. um, you know, we, we go up against some of those companies and so uh, naturally we'll win some of those, but not all. Um, but that, you know, that doesn't sustain. And so, uh, I, I need somebody who's equipped and got the sales experience like myself who can overcome objections, um, you know, do a good job of selling ourselves, not focus on the competition and, uh, right. and hold gross. And so that's what, uh, I think we're interviewing now for is, uh, as an experienced salesperson who's got those qualities, um, not easily found, but based on my conversation with you, sounds like you found one and she was sitting in your office. She was sitting in my office. So yeah, uh, my, my residential sales department, I mean, it's, it's got one salesman. I mean, uh, we're not, we're not huge up here. So, um, it's got one salesperson in it. Uh, and Samantha is, uh, she's a friggin' rock star, man. Uh, and she used to be, she used to be my office manager, so to speak. She'd answering the phones and scheduling and creating jobs and QuickBooks. And, you know, she, she did that. Um, and then, you know, with the growth and where we wanted to go, we're looking at, you know, who, who can we get as a salesperson and what, we we looked at her and because she was so good with customers on the phone. <laughs> I just picture her now, sitting at her desk, like eating popcorn or something. You guys are having <laughs> this conversation. Y'all both look at her, and she's like, "What?" And you're like, 
right think about getting right. a truck no it was, it was it was kind of it was kind of like that and uh uh i will say this going just real quick a, a real quick side note um you hire technicians to install doors and right. service doors they are technicians are typically not your salesmen just and that i found that just by lanes and and offering like we offer bonuses if you can sell Man, I still, I still have yet to pay out bonuses to technicians for selling stuff. It's just yeah. not their bent. But getting back to getting back to Samantha, yeah, she, man, she's a rock star, and she has zero sales experience. Granted, she she got her introduction into the industry by sitting at my front desk, um, answering phones, talking to contractors, talking to people, um, and yeah, man, she she's she's a rock star. Uh, I and then. So we based then off of that, we hired a commercial service sales gal, uh, Christine, who's freaking killing it. Um, and one thing I will throw out there, we use, and it's, it's the only, it's the only nationally recognized, uh, <laughs> you hear personality tests and it turns a lot of people off, but it is the only one that will stand up in court if you're sued for discrimination. And it's the Colbe test, Colbe, K-O-L-B-E. Everybody that comes in for a management level position takes that test. And so we have developed, so Christine has the same type of numbers as Sam because Sam is killing it. We understand, okay, she, she has something that makes a connection. She didn't know doors from, you know, from, from windows or whatever, you know, whatever analogy you want to throw in there before she started this thing. But man, last year she killed it. I mean, she, she outgrew our expectations of what it is that she wanted to do. And when she brought her own goals for her sales this year, I was like, Oh my God. Okay. Well, I've got to hire another technician. I got to bring in another truck. I'm good. Like if you, if you hit what it is that you want to do, I've got to then level up too. Um, so, uh, so yeah, man, that's, that's kind of how we've done our sales stuff. What was the name of that test? Colbe, K-O-L-B-E, Colbe index. You want to take the Colbe A, I I believe it's the Colbe A test. It is the only personality profiling test that if you are sued for discrimination, you can bring that to court and say, this is why they didn't get hired. I was looking for specific areas that I needed for this position. They didn't meet those specific areas. And so, yeah, it's the only one that'll, it's the only one that you can use in a court of law if you're sued for discrimination for not hiring. Huh. That's interesting. That's good. It's 55 bucks for those of you guys who are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it it sounds like it's well worth it because I know my attorney fees are ridiculous. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so you, you found your office manager, she was doing a decent job in the office. You were happy with her, but yeah. you had this opening and you guys are like, wow, learning curve may not be horrible. Um, you know, you're going to have to teach her the tape and what to look for. Um, yep. how was that transition for her? Man, it was a little rough at first, but it's just, it's like that whenever you're, whenever you're training somebody, I mean, that's training is inefficient across the board. You bring on new people and you can expect to, uh, to see a dip in efficiencies. I mean, 
How'd you know she was going to make it though? Did you know she was going to make it or was this kind of like a, she may know both Jonathan, uh, both Jonathan and I, when we were sitting talking about what it is that we needed to do for the sales position, we said, we were, we said, man, she can, she can do this. I know she can do this. And we got to a point though, where it was, it was rough in the first, uh, in the work, in the first six months. Um, and there was a lot of hard conversations. Um, and then, you know, we sat down and talked about the compensation and how it works and our expectations and, you know, minimum profitability and total sales. And yeah. And you and I talked about that last night. It was more of like, uh, it sounds to me like she was fully capable all along. You just got, you guys just had to find the right process and the right compensation plan to motivate her. And now she's like killing it and you got a, you got an all-star. Yep. I'm not trying yep. to make her head any bigger than it might be already. <laughs> I'll tell her she's got to listen to this one. If she hasn't listened to the other ones yet. There you go. So, um, that's great. And so you're, you're bought in on a dedicated salesperson, but we even talked about a female salesperson. Uh, Oh, that's just human psychology, man. Uh, it, I mean, you look across the board and women do better at sales than men. And I may get some flack for that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that, and it's not a sexist thing. It doesn't have anything to do with it. It's just, they, they process, uh, the sales, uh, the sales strategy and the sales, uh, the sales process a lot better than men do. I mean, and, and, and there's, there's definitely data to back that up for sure. Yeah. I mean, I managed a team of like 25 nationwide and 75% of them were female. And they were, uh, I mean, can't, can't say like blanket statement. They were all all all-stars, but, um, they, they would exceed my male salespeople, uh, on a regular basis back then. Right. Right. So, um, I do feel like more drama came from the men than the women, to be honest with you, (laughs) which was very surprising. In a lot lot of cases. Yeah. Um, so you got your own podcast. You, I do, man. I you do. want to tell people uh, where they can find it and what's the name of it? Yeah, so it's called uh, Level Up Small Business Conversations, um, and it's it, it, it's on all the major platforms that you listen to your podcast. Uh, so Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, it's on all of those major platforms. So, uh, and yeah, and it's just it's discussions for and about small business. Um, you know, my first one, we talked about goals, um, and, and the missing, the missing, uh, elements that a lot of people do, uh, when, when setting goals and then they immediately go to tactics and they miss the strategy in between. And the strategy is the most important part of, a, of and the, the avenue in which you accomplish goals. So that's the first one. Second one, we talk about employee uh, and employee first companies, um, a lot of good conversations there. And then the third one that I just put out here this week, uh, brand new. So I'm just, just getting started with it is, uh, I brought my business coach on. We talked about vision. Uh, I'm so excited about that pretty, one. Yeah. There's some, there's some really good content there. So, um, but yeah, check me out, uh, check it out again. It's level up. Uh, which is which is Alpha Overhead Stores mantra for uh, and marching orders for 2020. Um, level up small business 
discussions available on any platform you you listen to podcasts. So you're a diehard entrepreneur, but you love yeah, entrepreneurship. We talked a little bit about that earlier. Um, tell me about your mindset when it comes to entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship. Yeah. So, um, when I started this thing out and, uh, we started changing and shifting the culture and setting goals and visions, uh, of where I wanted to be, you know, I, I, I want, I've got eight years, I've got eight years left, uh, to make a very, very aggressive goal, uh, of being, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there, uh, so that it's out in the, in the universe is, uh, in, in eight years, man, I'm going to be a $40 million company, Get it. Uh, which, re- uh, which requires a, uh, which requires some big steps, some big changes, some big moves, some risk um, management, <laughs> definitely some risk management. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it, when you find it, in, in regards to entrepreneurship, you know, you, you always read the stats, you know, 80% of entrepreneur uh, of new businesses, new small businesses fail within the first year yeah. of that 20% that's left, you know, 40 of it fails within five years and so on. I mean, you can, you can find all the stats on that, but what I'm, what I'm finding is, and what my, <laughs> what my coach has been talking to me about is you fail if you don't move fast enough. Right. The world is changing so fast that if you don't keep up and you don't move with it, you're going to fail and you're going to fall behind and somebody's going to, somebody's going to figure out how to do it better than you. And if so, you're growing when, super fast, slowing down in some cases is the absolute worst thing you could possibly do. Oh yeah. You can't do that. You gotta, you have when, to keep okay, going. When you, yeah, yeah. There came a point last year where I was given advice uh, some, some conventional advice to, you know, slow down, take a step back, kind of reevaluate, uh, where it is that we're going, what it is that we're doing, how much we're spending on new people and trucks and things like that. And I'm, I'm glad I didn't take that advice. Um, I said, no, uh, what we got to do now, we've got the systems in place that I think are going to make us successful. We've got the people in place that I know are on board and want to grow with us. And we put the pedal to the metal, man. And the, the last half of the year was freaking insane. That's but awesome, it, bro. It, it, I'm it proud was of you, dude. So I'm so your biggest it. fan. I'm going to be cheering you on. 40 million. <laughs> there it is right there. He put it out there, ladies and gentlemen. If he doesn't make 40 right. in eight years, well, we're going to go out there and give him a noogie. Right, so, right. Hey, speaking of going out, uh, I told my new general manager that uh, I'd like for him and I to jump on a flight and go out there. And I mentioned it to you. You're down. So I'm going to get with him uh, probably today or next week and maybe try to pick a date that would work well. He and I have some traveling to do. Um, I'm going to IDA Expo. Are you going to Expo? Heck yeah, man. I'll be there. Awesome. Well, I'll see you. And then um, I'm taking my kids to Disney for four or five days that's uh next week so um i got that and we got uh we got a little expo here in atlanta we're going to so during our busy season for for door sales in particular so we'll find a date we'll make it happen and we'll squeeze it in because 
I feel like what you guys got going on, uh, we could definitely come up there and take away some nuggets and um, open our eyes to some new things. So really appreciate you taking the time to join our show, man. And um, you and I have been going back and forth probably since I started Torsion Talk. And I've always enjoyed our little back and forth on uh, Facebook. So keep up the good work, man. And uh, if you guys haven't listened to his podcast yet, I strongly recommend you listen to it. Uh, I've only listened to the first one and I was impressed. Uh, the first one for me was a little rough. I felt like he handled it a little bit better, uh, but he's a smart dude and uh, it'll only get better in my opinion. So, uh, well, man, I'm, uh, again, I'm learning. I don't know everything, uh, but I just, I, you just keep, you just keep going man. you keep grinding. That's right. Well, it's impressive, man. We got a teacher who's turning a garage door business into a $40 million company. Uh, <laughs> I would say I'm pretty impressed. So uh, congratulations on your growth and uh, your hire of the general manager and the success that you guys are experiencing. And we hope to uh, to follow in your footsteps and come up there and see you soon. Absolutely, man. All right, brother. Well, have a good day, man. And thank you again for joining the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right, bye. Bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Matt Weber from Alpha Overhead Door. If you haven't liked us on Facebook, make sure to go there, uh, follow us on Facebook. Make sure if you're going to be at Expo, we're going to have a booth. Stop by, say hey to myself. We're going to have Adrian there, my sound guy that you guys don't get to hear a lot. You'll get to meet him and then also Austin, who works for a marketing company. We look forward to seeing you there if you're going to be there. Um, if you have something to comment to make about the, the show, we'd love any questions, anything that you've got, hit us up on Facebook. Again, it's Torsion Talk Podcast on Facebook, and we'll be more than happy to. We always respond to every message that we get. And if you have any questions for future shows, let us know. Thanks for supporting the podcast by listening. Have a wonderful day.